welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. So this morning, uh, I have the privilege of just sharing to you uh, a message which is just close to my heart. We're actually in the middle Uh, or in between, I should say, series. We've just finished a series. We're not quite into our new series. So last week, Tony shared a message called Losing Your Lament. And uh, what he was saying was that to lament something is to grieve over something that's lost, to mourn or grieve over something that's lost. And and the point he made with his message is that many of us uh, fail to fulfill the plan that God has for us because we've just got undealt with grief in our life. And that grief that we've never been able to get past or get over, um, it stops us from walking in the fullness of everything that God has planned for us. And uh, when he was sharing that message, he was talking about King David. And what stood out to me, one of the points was he said, King David had a man in his world by the name of Joab, who actually spoke up at a critical time and place. And the thing that really resonated with me, I thought, man, the courage of that man to do that. He spoke up to a king who, he's the king. He could just say, you know what, you're out of place, you're out of line, off with his head. But Joab spoke up and I just thought there's such courage displayed there. And I don't know about you, but I think courage is something I could do with a lot more of. Am I in the right company of people? Do you feel there are times, and you know what, I just need more courage. It's something most of us can struggle with. We can have seasons of like, you feel like um, Leonardo DiCaprio at the bow, what's the front of the boat? Bow, oh, I was right, okay. I'm a boatie, you didn't even know. Where he's going, you know, I'm on top of the world. There are some times when you just feel like I am invincible and then there are some times when you just cannot get a hole big enough to sort of hide in. And so courage is um, something all of us deal with, we, uh, something all of us can struggle with, can feel great about it, can feel bad about it. And I just thought, you know what, I think it, for me, it just felt right this morning to be able to speak about how we can keep our courage, because it's something that, as I've said, I've struggled with. It's something that I could do more of. And especially if you look around society today, our courage is under attack. You have to be courageous to stand up for what you believe in. You have to be courageous to speak and say something that no one else is saying. You have to be courageous to be able to do that. I mean, just yesterday, I was in Woolies and um, I was quickly running in and doing some shopping and there was a scenario which just brought chills down my spine. There was a probably five or six-year-old boy and a very harassed mother. And she's got a trolley full of shopping and she's trying to get, I could see she's just trying to get those last little things. And there was this little boy who wanted a chocolate bar. And you, you know, you're like me thinking, well, how did you know you wanted a chocolate bar? Let me tell you, everybody in Woolies Supermarket knew that that child wanted a chocolate bar. And he was letting mum know he was not impressed with her answer no. And I have to be honest, BC, which is before children, I would have been one of those many people, because as I surveyed the uh, grocery section, you, can, you just pick the looks. And there were many people there who were just like looking at this mother like, come on, would you get that child under control? Just give him to me for a couple of hours, I'll sort him out. And that was very much 
like me, BC. But having these three amazing children that we have, I looked at that mother and my heart went out to her. I just thought, babes, I have been there. And there was a little bit of joy that, thank you, Jesus, that is not me now. <laughs> Got to admit it. Was like, but you know what? I just, I thought, here's this woman. She's in a dilemma because her son is making a major statement. He thinks he's got mum on the ropes. He thinks, you know what, if I continue this, I'm going to win because mum will give up because she doesn't want a scene. All right, so you've got half of the supermarket who is like, you know what, just would you sort this child out? But then you've got the, on the other side of the coin is if mum does sort this child out, there'll be those in the room who will be disapproving of how she handles it. And so we need courage. I did, like I said, my heart went out to this woman because it's a courageous move to discipline and to take authority in that situation when you know you've got all eyes watching you and there'll be some who are for it and some who are against it. So I just thought it'd be great today to um, just share some keys about how we can keep our courage. Because like I said, we all need courage. We need courage to speak up. Hey, that's not right. I don't agree. We need courage to stay married. We need courage to parent. We need courage to um, believe for the breakthrough that we're all believing for. When the circumstances and the situations are telling me one thing, when my, when my reality is one thing, I need courage to hang on to my faith that says, you know, God says He's a God who still heals today. So courage is there for all of us. And courage, there's some keys I believe we can do to keep our courage. And what I want you to know this morning, first off, is that courage is actually not the absence of fear. Courage is simply what we do in the face of fear. All right, so it doesn't mean that, because if I waited until I felt no physical um, ramification or no physical effects of fear, I'd never do anything. It's not about there not being fear, it's about what I do at that place of fear. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you. This is what I love. The Bible says, fear not. It doesn't say, tremble not. It doesn't say, shake not. It doesn't say, sweat not. It doesn't say, puke not. It doesn't even say, diarrhea not. Whatever is a, a manifestation of fear in your body. The Bible doesn't say, don't do that. It just says, fear not. So amongst your shaking, fear not. Amongst your sweating, fear not. Amongst the uh, butterflies and the stomach that's churning and the breakfast that is struggling to stay down, it's saying, Fear not. Why? Because I am with you. So it's not about the absence of fear. It's about what you do when you're faced with fear. And like I said, if we felt we had to wait till we weren't afraid, we'd never do anything. Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid, but do it anyway. So do it afraid, but do it anyway. So how do we keep our courage? The first key I want to share with you this morning about keeping our courage is we have to admit when courage is lacking. You know what I've discovered is I'm a very good labeler. Now I don't mean a label with one of those machines that you label everything, and yet my Tupperware cupboard does have everything labeled. But I'm a good labeler in terms of I like to label things 
because that helps me to put them in certain areas. That helps me to maybe feel like I'm getting on with things better than I am. So rather than saying, I'm afraid, I may say, "Mm, I just didn't feel I should do that right now. Have you ever had that with your kids? They don't say, I just didn't want to clean my room. Oh no, mum, I just got busy. Oh no, I just got this. And what I've discovered is we're great labellers. We just have to learn to call it for what it is. If you're afraid, we just got to say, you know what? I'm just afraid. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? In other words, what the Bible is saying, you know what, we're very good at just disguising things. We're very good at pretending it's not there. We're very good at calling it something else. We've got labels for all sorts of things. And I'm not disputing some of the sicknesses and some of the things we label out there. Some of them are reality, but it's very, very, we are very, very quick to label something as a certain behaviour rather than say, you know what, that's actually this. That child yesterday, we could say, you know, maybe he's got ADD, maybe he's got this, maybe he's got that. Or we could just say, you know what, maybe he got told no and his sin nature is saying, I want to have a yes. So rather than labelling, oh, it's just this, he's hyperactive. He's um, very intelligent, so he um, manifests that by playing up. It's like, yeah, he may be intelligent, but that still doesn't excuse the way he is behaving. So let's not label things, let's call it for what it is. If we're lacking courage, the first key to keeping our courage is let's just go, you know what? I'm lacking courage. I'm actually afraid. I don't have courage in this area. And I think what happens is we think to admit that is failure. We think that that's actually weakness. But can I tell you, to admit you are lacking courage is not weakness, it's actually strength. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, when I am weak, then he is strong. It's a strength for us to be able to go, you know what, I don't have all the answers. You know what, I don't have the capacity to do this. You know what, I don't have the courage that is needed in this situation. And that's when God steps in and says, great, because I do. Now that you've realised you can't do it on your own, I can come in. When you're at the end of yourself, we find the beginning of God. So the first key for us to keep our courage is to admit when it's lacking. The second key is we've got to watch our thought life. Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinks within himself, so is he. What we think affects what we do. Our thoughts design our future. Because what we think is what we act on. If I think this way, then that would start to determine. If I think everybody's against me, I'll start interpreting everything they do, everything they say, how I see them interacting. I'll start interpreting that wrongly and against me. I'll start believing that they are against me because that's what my thoughts are telling me. Then my actions and behaviours back that up. About uh, three weeks ago, and I have permission from my son to share this story, Mitchie had to go to the dentist and had some teeth out. He's having some orthodontic work, so he's got some baby teeth there that he has to have out. So he had some extractions out, and last week he had to go and have some more. And it gets to, it was Wednesday, and it gets to Monday and Tuesday, and I start to notice that Mitchie's behaviour is changing. And he's, um, he's a little bit short, 
not in stature, just short in chatting to us. And he's a bit snappy and he's a bit, you know, things that would just weren't normal. And I was like, what is up with this kid? Like, what's wrong? Something's going on. And just chatting. And then finally it comes out, he's worried about going to the dentist tomorrow. So I'm like, well, where's this coming from? And then I remember, remember we're talking about your thought life, because this is what I didn't tell you. Four weeks ago when he went to the dentist, he went to have two top teeth out. Now, as we are sitting in the dental chair and the dentist is talking to us and so she says, you've got to have these teeth out. We'll take these two today. We're going to numb him up. We're going to take them out, take all of five minutes. Not a problem. So uh, Dad was away. I'm in with Mitchie. So Mitchie's in there. He's got the glasses on. He's all decked out. He's He's numb from ear to ear on the top. He's thinking he's pretty cool. Uh, I'll take a photo to send to Dad. Look where we are. Hoo-hoo, you know. So the dentist gets in there. And sure enough, quick and easy, she takes out the tooth. So the tooth comes out. But what she does is she then drops the uh, premolar tooth. So we're talking an adult tooth about this big, if you can see that. As she goes to pull uh, with the uh, the pliers, I'm a dental, they're not pliers, and the forceps. (laughs) As she pulls the uh, tooth out, she drops it down his throat. So here is a 13-year-old boy, numb from ear to ear, so he can't feel anything, okay? He is laying back in a dentist chair. Blood is running because they've pulled one out already. They pulled the second one out. Blood is draining down the back of his throat. So he remember, he's numb back here. And then there is a big incisor tooth in his windpipe, like right in the back of his throat. So I'm just sitting there watching, thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? And Mitch, you can see, is just laying here. And then the dentist, she looked at me. I was like, what are you looking at me for? <laughs> like, hello? Anyway, the next thing, Mitchie just sat bolt upright in the chair, coughed, and then blood and spit and tooth went flying. <laughs> so... When talking to him afterwards, he said, I I laid there for a minute and I thought, do I swallow it or not? I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I said, you don't swallow it. So that's what happened. So now rewind, that's what happened full forward. Here we are, Tuesday, the day before going again. So what's playing on in Mitchie's head? He's thinking, I've got one more of these suckers that's got to come out and I don't want to go back there. Our thought life determines... And what I loved when Tony was sharing last week with David and and, um, Joab, there's a point he made. He said, you know what? It wasn't what David knew. It was what David forgot. So, and you know, I thought that point resonated with me when we're talking about our courage and our thought life. It was like, you know what? Mitchie actually has had plenty of teeth out. We've been visiting the orthodontist now for four years. This has been an ongoing process. Them trying to move things and see if they can do it without braces. So this is probably number five or six of teeth he's had out. This is one experience out of five, and yet this is the one that he remembers. Our thought life is important. It wasn't what Mitchie knew, it's what he forgot. What he forgot was, I've been four other times and we've never had an issue. This is one issue, yet this one issue is being blaring big. We need to watch our thought life. If you're talking about how do I keep my courage so that I can do what is needed for me to do, how I can live a life that's godly, that can be a um, 
signposts to the wonderful things that Jesus has done in my life. I need to keep my courage. We've got to watch our thought life. Philippians 4.8 says that finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to think about the positive. Remember, don't, it's not about what we've forgotten. Uh, it's not, yeah, it's not about what we know now. It's about what we've forgotten. Change your thought life. Watch your thought life. For some of us to think right, we're going to have to remove negative influences. Some of us are going to have to remove toxic relationships, bad habits, maybe toxic programs you watch, toxic magazines. When I say toxic, things that are just feeding the negative part of your thought life. We're going to have to replace some of those things. To think right, you're going to have to stop exposing yourself to things that drain your courage. Things that sap away your courage. There's enough of that that just happens naturally. Being in a supermarket with a tantruming child and everybody watching what you're going to do, that naturally will drain your courage. There's a lot of that naturally going off. But we just got to put ourselves in positions where we're not doing that specifically. A modern day example, I often share with the women that with our kids, some of our, our kids with 15, 13 and 6, and sometimes our 13-year-old could watch something that our 15-year-old can't because they're wired differently and we understand that. So you know what, Mitch, you could watch that, but Geordie wouldn't. She just, with the way she's wired, it wouldn't work. It's about just knowing yourself and knowing your thought life. And so a modern day thing for me is Facebook. You know what, we're talking about stopping toxic relationships. We're talking about don't expose your things to, um, that drain your courage. Maybe Facebook. I know for me, being a, a, a church leader, you're either really good for some people or you're really bad. And Facebook is great in terms of advertising. And I think we can use the positive, but there's a negative side to Facebook. The people can get on there and they can just air their opinions. There's no... Um, filter, they can say what there is and what they like. And if you're someone here and you think, you know what, I'm struggling with this area, or I'm struggling in this friendship group, and yet you're watching Facebook and you're seeing, well, that person went out with that person and I wasn't invited, and that person did that and I wasn't invited, don't expose yourself to that. You're just going to say, you know what, for me, I'm just not going to f- be on Facebook because we're talking about thinking right. I want to think right, so I'm just going to uh, remove the negative influences in my life. So maybe for you, it's Facebook or any of those social media things. Movies, films, things you're feeding yourself that's feeding your negative thought life, all right? 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Number three, you need to speak positively to yourself. I'm a great believer that you need to talk to yourself. I know people say it's the first sign of madness, but you know what? It's the first sign of my sanity. I just talk to myself constantly. You know, the truth is most of us talk to ourselves. It's what we say that's the difference. And we have to start speaking positively. Not, oh, I'm no good, I'm useless. I. You know what? Go figure. Sometimes I do a bad thing. Sometimes I do silly mistakes. I've had to go to my kids and go, you know what? What mummy did yesterday was just a really poor display of parenting. Does that mean I'm a bad parent? No, it just means yesterday was a bad day. You just got to call it for what it is. Speak positively to yourself. So you know what? Yesterday was just, I don't know what was with yesterday, but this is what I do know. You need to say about you what God says about you. Say what God says about the situation. We took Mitch aside and said, Mitch, you know what? Yes, that happened to you. Yes, it wasn't nice, but this is what we do know. We know that 
Five other times you've been, this has happened. Five other times that hasn't happened before. You know, that's an unfortunate mistake. But don't you know that God is with you? Here's a good thing. The fact that you didn't swallow the tooth, the fact that all you had to do was sit up and spit it out. There's always the positive side. We speak to yourself. We said, Mitch, you need to talk to yourself. When we go to that dentist tomorrow, I want to hear you talking to yourself. You know what, God, you've not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power and a sound mind. It's a scripture that we say to our kids all the time. If they're struggling when they were younger with nightmares and wanting to sleep, say, God did not give me a spirit of fear. He said, come on, Mitch, you can do this thing. It's the dentist. Don't, it's not about what you've forgotten. It's about what you know. It's not about what you know. It's about what you've forgotten. Speak positively to yourself. Fourthly, Keep up your spiritual disciplines. You can't say about your situation or about yourself what God says about your situation or yourself if you don't know what God says about that situation or yourself. We've got to keep up our spiritual disciplines. I can't talk to myself positively about what God thinks of me, that he has a plan for me, that he desires to give me a hope and a future, that God knitted me together, he created me, that I'm fearfully and wonder. I can't say that stuff about me if I don't know that stuff about me. And the reason I know that stuff about me is because it's in God's Word. It's because I read God's Word. It's because I... um, Put myself in and plant myself in a church to hear good teaching. Where teaching comes and I go, you know what, that's true. I can speak that over myself. So we need to keep up our spiritual disciplines. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the Word of God. We need to put ourselves in the positions where we can hear the Word of God, whether that's the written Word in our own devotional time, in our prayer time, whether it's coming to prayer meetings, coming to Sunday morning services, Sunday night church, to connect group, whenever the doors of the church are open, positioning ourselves so we can hear what God says about us, so we can hear what He knows, keeping up those spiritual disciplines. Philippians 4 Verses 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We need to immerse ourselves with God's people. As I said, church, connect groups, even volunteer. We've been pushing about volunteering and getting involved. But you know what? You get involved, you work next to someone and courage comes because you just do life together and then they can encourage you about this. And they can say, hey, what about this? And then you're learning things. So put yourself in a position to keep up your spiritual disciplines. Fifthly, remember we're talking about how do we keep our courage? Our courage is being sapped away. Put yourself in a position to use your courage. We've all got to stretch ourselves. You know what, I don't need courage if I'm not putting myself in a position of I have to use courage. We've got to put ourselves in the position so that we can use our courage. That's how we're going to develop. We're talking about keeping it and developing more courage. Put yourself in the position where you're using it and when you're using it, you're getting the opportunity to go, hey, this thing works and when it works, then courage is built and courage grows. Put yourself in a position I didn't finish the story with Mitch because what happened on Wednesday when we get to the dentist, uh, we talked about him, he's cool, we get there, we walk upstairs to the dental office, Mitchy goes and sits down, I go to the reception desk, say his name and I take one look at the lady's face and think, oh, there's an issue. And the lady says to me, hmm, rainbow, Mitchell, 
I don't have an appointment for Rainbow Mitchell. I'm like, yes, you do. I made the appointment. Talked about it on the phone. It's in, it's, look, it's in my phone. It's in, you've got an appointment for Rainbow Mitchell. I do. We have talked him around. He is confident. He is ready to go. You have an appointment for Rainbow Mitchell. The lady looks through. She goes, well, we don't have an appointment for Rainbow Mitchell. She says, um, I've got a note here that I phoned a, uh, a Kath Rainbow, yeah, two weeks ago and changed that appointment. I was like, uh, who's Kath Rainbow? <laughs> I don't remember that. So I had to look at my son and go, ah, mummy had a bad day, obviously, that day. I got Mitch there to find out Mitch didn't have an appointment. He's actually got an appointment this week. And so putting yourself in the position to use your courage. You know what? We didn't say to Mitch, that was a bad experience. That was awful. And you know what? I'm really sorry that that happened. So you know what? Let's forget the whole braces deal. Let's just leave it. You can have gaps. You can have crooked teeth. It doesn't matter if you look like that. It doesn't matter. Let's just forget it. No, no, no. We didn't do that. We said, you know what, Mitch, that is bad what happened. That is unfortunate. It wasn't pleasant, but this is what we do know. We're not going to let you get away with not doing it. You can't run from this, bud. We're going to put you in a position where you have to use your courage. Because when you've got courage and you use it, courage grows. So you know what? I'm not going to... My heart goes out to you and I get it. But you know what? We have the answer. And the answer is let's develop our courage. Let's work on our courage so that at the end of this time, when you go there again on this Wednesday and the appointment is in there, you can say, okay, I can do this because I'm putting myself in a position to use my courage. You need to step up and step out. As Joyce Meyer says, we need to do it but do it afraid. Take, I'm talking small steps. I'm not saying let's just go and bite off something bigger than we can chew, but we're wanting to develop courage. Then do little steps, little steps forward. And as I do that and I find success, courage grows. As I do that, I find success, courage grows. And we'll find our steps get bigger and the uh, opportunity of courage to grow comes and comes. Your confidence will build. And then finally, we have to persevere. You just got to keep doing it. James 1 verses 2 to 4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If at first you don't succeed, then try, try again. You want to develop courage, you know what? You just have to be in the game to develop courage. You just got to persevere. I believe you only fail if you fail to try. So if you stepped out and it didn't work, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, you know what? I learned from that. I can make some adjustment and I do it again. If you want to develop courage, and we all have discovered that we need courage to do this life and to do this life well, then we need to persevere. You only fail if you fail to try. What I want you to remember this morning is courage is not the absence of fear, but it's what you do in the face of fear. As Joyce said, do it afraid, but do it anyway. And I know in my life, and I'm sure in your life, there are seasons where we can lack courage. It can be great today, not so great tomorrow. And I believe we could all do 
with more courage. And I felt in preparing this message for today and just meditating and thinking about it, I would just like the opportunity to pray for you. And I'm just going to ask if you would bow your heads just to give privacy to those around you. And if you know that there is a specific issue, I know generally we can say, yes, I could, all, I could do with courage. But if you know right now there is a specific issue where you've been challenged and you haven't stepped up to the plate, I'm going to ask if you would just raise your hand because when you raise your hand, it's just a signal to me to say, you know what, that's me. I would like, there's no magic formula here. There's no, I, I can't wave a wand and say, okay, courage is yours, but I can pray for you. I can ask that the words that have been shared would resonate within your heart and that you'd have something that you can hang your courage on, something you can take away. But if you know there's something in your heart, something in your life right now, and you want courage for that situation, when you please raise your hand, I just love the privilege and the honour of praying for you. Wonderful. Wonderful. Dear Lord, you see these hands? And Father, I just ask right now, you know every situation and every circumstance that these people are facing. And I just ask that you would come and that you would touch their lives. You would touch their situation. I thank you for their openness, their honesty and their vulnerability. And I just ask God that you would come and move in their situation. I ask that you would just give them the strength that is needed for them to overcome this situation. I thank you for the keys that have been shared. And I pray that as they implement them and as they hold on to them and they work them out in and through their lives, that God, you would come and meet them. You would come and do the work that only you can do. When they step out in faith, Father, won't you meet them? Won't you strengthen their feeble knees. Won't you strengthen their shaking hands? God, you said, fear not because you are with us. And we want to just prophesy and declare over these ones right now that they will not be victim to those circumstances, that they won't give in to that trial and that temptation, that they won't give in to the fear that is trying to rob them of the joy of knowing you and their future and everything that you have for them. But God, from this morning, they would stand firm in you, knowing that you are with them, knowing that you and with you they can overcome. So Father, won't you come and touch their lives? Won't you come and see breakthrough come in and throughout these situations in your wonderful name? Amen. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.